Hi, and welcome to Healthy, Wealthy, and Smart podcast number 149. Yikes. Um, so this podcast is all about the APTA and about whether or not one should be a member of the APTA. So uh, last week I did, I was part of a panel at my alma mater, which is Misericordia University, and one of the students asked about APTA membership. And one of the other people on the panel had said, well, if it weren't for my employer paying for it, I would not be a member of the APTA. So, you know, and this seemed to be the general consensus of everyone in the room, students included. Not all of them, but a good majority of them felt, why would I wanna spend my money on the APTA? So then it came to me to give my opinion. And of course, I'm a spokesperson for the APTA, which I put out there immediately. And I gave my reasons as to the benefits of the APTA. So I wanted to do this podcast, and I had invited anyone who wanted to join um, on Twitter to come on and join, because it seemed like there are a lot of people who were very passionate about either why they should or why they do not want to be part of the APTA. So I figured let's go ahead and open this up for anyone to jump on. So uh, what I'd like to do first is let's talk about some of the reasons why people say they do not want to be part of the APTA. Um, the main reason that I heard on Friday and that you hear again and again on social media, one of the main reasons people don't want to be on the APTA or be part of the APTA is they uh, say it's expensive, so the cost, and they don't see the value in paying the money for the APTA, uh, or they can get the networking and the continuing education and uh, uh, let's see, networking, continuing education through online uh, websites, through blogs, through chat rooms, things like that. Um, and some people felt that maybe the APTA wasn't focusing on uh, the more evidence-based practices, kind of pushing that through, and instead focusing on uh, things that maybe didn't have as much evidence behind it. So those are a lot of the things that I heard as the negatives. So, you know, I'm going to open this up. So right now I have two students with me. I have TJ Janicki and Brooke McIntosh. And I was joking because I said I feel like the third wheel. So somebody better get on this call. Um, anyway, just joking. But uh, so let's, let's open it up to the students first because I was just with a group of students and the majority of them did not think the APTA would be worth their money and worth the investment. So TJ, I'll go to you first, because I know before we started, you had um, some things that you kind of wanted to talk about, about the cost of the APTA. So I'll, I'll go to you first. Yeah, sure. So, I mean, I would agree that cost is something, um, is a factor to consider. Um, as students, we're, you know, we have Obviously, everyone has loan debt for going to grad school, and it's something to consider. We, most of us aren't able to hold down jobs because of the demands of the school. So um, we don't really have income coming in, but we are, you know, we still have to live. We still have to, you know, do other things and, you know, be humans and stuff like that. And I, I just feel like, you know, the ABTA membership is $100 a year. Um, it's an investment. Um, and, you know, I... I'll, I'll spend a hundred dollars in, you know, in Starbucks in a couple of months or, um, you know, you know, going out on the weekends with your classmates or whatever. So I think just like anything else in life, um, you prioritize and, um, you, you invest in things that, that matter most to you. Um, when I went into prof uh, physical therapy school, you know, I was a hundred percent invested in this profession and, um, I guess I was kind of lucky at Rutgers in that we're we're pretty well versed in um, advocacy and leadership, and we're kind of exposed to some of these uh, topics that are um, you know important in physical therapy outside of school. Um, and I I wanted to know, and I I want that that um, security that when I leave, 
that I'll be able to practice at the top of my profession. Um, I don't, you know, I don't want things to regress. I don't want, I want to be able to have true direct access. If it's not now, I want to know that I'm helping to support for, for, you know, for the future. So I think it comes down to prioritizing and, um, you know, just understanding that the hundred dollars a year is as a student is an investment. It's a part of school. It's a part of the career. Yeah. And, and, you know, I, I definitely agree. And one of the things, so the awesome PT on Twitter and Facebook, a lot of people may know him. Um, he did sort of an informal survey and a lot of people said that they would consider joining if the costs were lower. So what I'd like to know from anyone um, on the call right now is what, um, what, sort of, what sort of things can the APTA do to help reduce costs or maybe costs in the long run? You know, like I sort of, so I'll, I'll kind of start. So I sort of have an, I had an idea of, why not why the, why doesn't the APTA perhaps have a um like a, a mileage program just like your credit cards you get points or or whatever so maybe you get APTA points and someone please stop me if this is already happening because I don't know um but I think it would be kind of interesting if you did if they did um uh, a point system or a mileage system where Let's say you join your the your at you're right out of school. I know there's some discounts for new grads going up to about three years, um, but let's say you join the APTA and every time you take, even if it's a free CEU class or a paid CEU class from the APTA, you get points towards your towards your bank. And if you go to CSM or you go to the next conference, you get more points. If you volunteer to be part of a committee, you get more points. And as those points add up during the year, you can use those points to offset your costs for, for your next year's membership. So this way, it gets people involved in the APTA and you get the added bonus of getting a little bit off your membership. And maybe it's you donate to the PT pack, you get points. If you go to a lobby day, whether it be in your home state or on Capitol Hill, you get points. So every time you engage with the APTA, you get more points. And then at the end of the year, you can use those points towards uh, money off your membership. Um, so that's, in my mind, a great way to leverage the APTA and to get people uh, to get the, the price reduced or to get the fees reduced. And that's just looking at, there are other reasons, but let's just look at for now, let's just take the price as so does anyone else have any other suggestions as to perhaps how uh the price could be mitigated Oop. Oop. whoa fred hit mute <laughs> yeah so, okay that's good hi <laughs> so fred came on and he is clearly listening to something really loud in the background but that's okay Oh, you're not? <laughs> okay. Go ahead. So, Brooke, go ahead. What is, what would be, do you have any thoughts on uh, cost reduction? So, I love your initial idea. I just wanted to speak to the career starter dues for a second mm -hmm. because it does go up to the fourth year post-graduation because okay. you're first year out of PT school. So like I just renewed my membership dues as a student. However, they transfer into my first year post-graduation. I do not have to change my dues or pay any more. And I'm going to be a, a DPT for the next year under my student dues. And then first year post-graduation, it goes um, to 40% off, third years, 30% off, and then fourth years, 20% off, but, uh, and that's just all, that's all I wanted to say on that, just um, to put that out there. But I completely agree with your idea of like, um, like a mileage point system. I, I mean, I think that's great. I don't know who we need to talk to or that needs to go, but um, I mean, I think that there's like a few kinks, you know, that you can work out of it. Of um, and you know, like maybe however many you accumulate in the year, it's that much off, you know, your next year's dues. And then you start over for the next year. Exactly. Yeah. So that each year you kind of, it's not like you, you store them up and build upon the next year. So you get again, and I don't know how these systems work as far as how many points equates to dollar amounts, but maybe that's something that needs to be flushed out 
uh, a little bit more, but these are just kind of ideas, you know, sort of trying to throw something, throw something out there that's productive, you know, instead of saying, oh, it's too expensive, forget it. Well, there's got to be ways that the members, because, you know, if we're all members of the APTA, or even people who aren't members of the APTA, there's got to be, people have ideas. So let's try and get some of those ideas out there, you know, something constructive. Um, so this is an idea that's, um, well, it's already an implemented idea through APTA. If you're, you know, if you attend conferences, I don't know if any of you guys have seen, um, every time I sign up for a conference, I always get an email about attending some focus group meetings. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, if you attend those, they actually give you, um, they give you a gift certificate <laughs> for APTA. So this one was for $25. Um, so every time that I've attended a conference, I've gone to one of these focus group meetings and it's an opportunity to, um, it's an opportunity to be, you know, have a free discussion about, you know, what, what you think about certain topics. Um, for example, the one was, um, the one, the most latest one I went to was the vision and how mm -hmm. we feel it fits in with the profession. Um, and what's cool about these is that they can be applied towards membership. So, um, I have two and now my student membership is cut in half basically. So it's, it's not a mileage program, but there are opportunities for, you know, they kind of show you for participating that you get something in return. So, um, I think the mileage program though is a good idea. I think it's, I think it logistically it would be a little tough to, um, for people, you know, maybe they would have, they'd have to hire people to keep track of the points and all the other stuff, but I'm sure those things could be figured out. Um, but yeah, no, I, I agree with the overall idea that there needs to be, um, it would be nice if there was, um, uh, some kind of incentive like that, um, to kind of like, listen, you've been a member for five years. So here's how we, we show you our appreciation and, you know, here's a gift certificate or discount off your membership or something. Um, you know, I don't, I don't know how, how those things would be implemented, but I think it's a pretty good idea. Yeah. I mean, I don't know how they would be implemented, but somebody knows, I mean, American Express has been doing it for years and they have millions of members, you know, so someone out there knows whatever algorithm is necessary uh, to make these systems work. And I agree. I like that if you, if you've been a member for five years and you remember 10 years, 15 years, you know, you, you, you should get some sort of, of a thank you or some sort of an incentive and, and maybe it's off your membership or maybe it's off a course or maybe you get to attend. And I don't know, because I, I, I have not been a member for like 20 years, but have I? No, I think I have. No, I've been a member since 94, since I was like a student. Yeah, I guess it has been 20 years. So I guess it has been 20 years. So I, um, but I, I don't know that they say, hey, you've been a member for X amount of years, so maybe you get half off to CSM or half off to Next or something like that. Something, some sort of, uh, of a reward system to reward people for being members. And, and maybe that will uh, get people to see the immediate value. Because I think, you know, in this day and age of like an ADD society where everybody needs to see everything right now, right away, um, I think that it can be like people want to want to see those rewards immediately. And this is a way you can go online and maybe you can look and see how many points you've accumulated versus because I think a, so, I think a lot of people on this call may see the value of the APTA from sort of a, a value that maybe you can't see or the behind the scenes value. Um, but I think having something tangible might make people more likely to want to be a part of it. Um, anyone else have any, any thoughts? You could just raise your hand because I can see you all. Okay, so let's move on then. So one of the other things that um, someone had mentioned was that the APTA seemed to be focusing a little bit more on pushing treatments or tools that maybe don't have the best evidence. And so that kind of really turned them off um, versus being very consistent and pushing things that have good evidence behind them. Um, so one of, the, uh, one of the things that I have heard from some members is that the APTA doesn't seem to be pushing forward the pain science, so the neuroscience of pain as much as maybe they should be. 
Um, so do you guys, I mean, I know there's some students on here. Do you guys feel that the APTA is not pushing hard enough for evidence-based uh, learning or perhaps not pushing schools hard enough to introduce things into your programs? And you can just hop on. I, was, I want to give someone else a chance to talk, but um, if not, I'll go. So um, I, think, I think the most important thing to start off with is that um, the ABTA is built of members, um, of, of people like us. Um, and I think that it's, it's important that we present the, you know, the powers that be at the ABTA with this information. If people aren't happy with how things are being done, the best people to go about changing it is the people that make up the association. Um, I think that <clears throat> I think that everyone practices a little bit differently too, which is hard to it's hard to make everyone happy. Um, and I agree that pain, the pain science um, literature and the pain science research is super important. And um, you know, having gone through the entry level education, I think that pain and the psychology of pain is something that's not really covered in depth and um, I think, I don't know, it just seems to me, like, I guess, because I'm still very young in this game, that um, it just all of a sudden seems to be sprouting up as a, you know, as a big, um, as a hot topic, I guess. But um, I think that um, a good example that I can think of is um, when Jeff Schwartz kind of um, supported the, um, you know, the five things and that you should be questioning in physical therapy, um, you know, when the APTA went and said, you know, if you're getting... Um, what was it? Uh, electrical stimulation. Um, you should be questioning your PT as to why. Um, she wrote a really good piece on EIM's blog, just basically saying um, there's still therapists out there that do utilize tens, but it's in conjunction with other things. So you can't completely toss other things, um, and people still practice certain ways. And I, you know, I guess because of the the how new the pain science is into into formal practice a lot of people really don't know how to implement it either it's i think it's it has a lot of psychology background too that if you use it the wrong way then it could be just as detrimental as if you're using it the right way um so i think it's just there's so many differing practice um how people practice it's it, i don't know it's hard to say that certain things need to be pushed more than others um but i think the apta does a really good job at being evidence-based it's you know they the profession is is you know promoted on evidence-based practice and i think that the apta does a really good job at promoting it um but again i think that if if people are seeing differently then the best way to go about changing it is to raise your voice and and say something and they're usually pretty good about answering so yeah, and, and I agree with that. And that's sort of part of maybe why I wanted to do a sort of impromptu podcast tonight about this topic is to, you know, get out there some of the reasons why people are not only not joining the APTA, but also leaving the APTA. So if you've been a member for many years, and then all of a sudden, you're not seeing the value in it. I think that's important because, you know, not only do you want to be able to, to get someone to join, but you want to keep them. You know, the, the, a big part of having a robust association is to be able to keep the people that have been part of your association for many years. So I think bringing these topics up is very important because we want to keep those, those people who have been part of the APTA for 20 years. These are great therapists who have a lot to say and a lot to offer. And so you kind of want them in the mix. You know, even, even if, and, and it's also good to get these different opinions. You know, I feel a lot of times, I know TJ and Brooke have been on, on the podcast before, and we're all part of the APTA and, and part, not only members, but take active roles within the APTA. And so I think because of that, we uh, are always citing sort of the good parts. So you know, I, I want to, I wanted to get the people who maybe aren't so happy with the APTA and get that voice out there. So does anyone else on the call have any, you know, are there any other things that maybe you would like to say that maybe you'd like the APTA to do more or to do better? And, and if not, we'll kind of, we'll move on to the, we'll move on to the next topic. Um, so, uh, 
the next thing I want to, so we talked about the cost being one of the, the main issues. And, and I think there are ways to mitigate that. One being a mileage program or whatever you want to call it, a points <coughs> program. Another maybe being um, uh, scholarships. I think, does the APTA offer scholarships? Do you guys, does anyone know that? I think they do, right? But I'm not sure. There's a, um, yeah, they just actually had the, um, the cycle of honors and awards that um, students and professionals can apply for, so. Okay, so there are that. And also, you know, when I was speaking at Misericordia, um, none of the students there really knew that, that you did get a discount on your membership as a new grad. So, you know, are there ways that we can get this out to students um, in a more proficient or more efficient way? And I don't know what that is. I mean, Brooke may know a little bit more. Um, I don't know if that goes out in a newsletter at the end of the year. Uh, to the student assembly or if that's mentioned uh, within the student assembly. I'm not really sure. Um, Brooke, does that? Yeah. It is. Yeah. It, um, and actually, it goes out at random times in the year, and then it's posted on social media a lot as well. Okay. And then what about those people who aren't on social media? They or need to get on it. No, I'm just teasing. <laughs> Um, it goes out in the pulse and every, um, every student member gets it. And because it only, that only applies to student members. So they should be getting it monthly regardless. And through the loop communication network, through our core ambassadors, um, that each state has. Okay. So if you're a student, so let's say you are a student and you're unsure of how this works, where do they go to find out how all of this stuff works? Brooke? Sorry, I'll still on mute. Um, for the career starter dues? Um, yeah, for that. So if you're a student, like I said, most of the students that I was spoken to didn't, that I spoke to didn't know about this. So where, um, where can they go to find out more information? APTA.org slash career starter dues. Okay, very easy. Couldn't so be much easier. APTA.org slash career starter dues. Okay. So we've talked about cost. We've talked about uh, evidence-based practices and, and uh, maybe the, are there ways that the APTA can, can uh, include more into that or maybe be a little bit more careful about what they promote versus not promote or what they're uh, spending their dollars promoting. I think that was the big thing. Um, and then the next, the next thing that people, I think, wanted we're talking about and again this is sort of an informal very very informal um questioning of different people on social media um the other one was the pt pack so a lot of people would love to donate to the pt pack but you cannot donate to the pt pack unless you're an apta member um so i think a lot of people would like to see that change. So even if you're not a member, why can't you donate to the PT PAC? Um, for those, the PT PAC is the Physical Therapy Political Action Committee. So they're the ones who's, you know, we use the money from that PT PAC to lobby on Capitol Hill. And I think each state has their own individual PAC to lobby within their own state. So if you're not an APTA member, and I think what is APTA membership at 20 something percent at this point. So what if you're one of those PTs who's not a PT, APTA member, but you still want to donate to the PT PAC? Well, you kind of can't. So the question then becomes is, can that PT PAC be opened up so that anybody can donate to it, even if you're not a member to the APTA uh, or you're not a member of the APTA? Um, I tend to lean toward yes. I think any PT should be able to donate any amount of money they wish to donate to the PT PAC. I mean, the PAC is important. It, it does help to fund all those lobbying efforts. Um, so even if you can, if the other 60 some odd percent of, or 70 some odd percent of physical therapists who are not part of the APTA wanted to donate to the PAC, I think that they should be able to. So that's sort of the stance that I, that I would like to take. Does, do you, does anyone else have any other comments on that? Does anyone feel that no, if you're not a member, you should not be able to donate? Go ahead. Um, well, the first thing to consider is that um, the reason why non-members can't donate is because it's a federal law that the PT PAC can't solicit to non-members. 
Um, it's a federal law across all professions. So um, that's the reason why they don't. Um, but I absolutely believe that non-members should be able to donate. I think that you know anyone should be able to donate, um, especially if they feel strongly about physical therapy. And um, the one, you know, currently the way things are um, is just that they can't, and it's, it's governed by law right now. Mm-hmm. Um, the idea of a super PAC has been thrown out by mm-hmm. uh, by Awesome PT and you know a couple other people. Um, and I, I tried to get more information on that, on, you know, what the reasons are for not doing it. Um, it, it basically, um, I can't speak fully to it, but from what I gathered, it is that, um, you know, PT PAC donations right now, um, with the PAC that we have, it's, it's pretty frightening what it looks like considering the amount of membership that we do have. Um, I think it's something like, I think it's something like 15% of membership donates currently. So um, I don't know. It, it just seems like the people that are invested in the profession aren't donating fully. Mm-hmm. So if we open it up to people that, you know, aren't even investing in the profession through membership, you know, how do we know that it's just not a bunch of talk? And then when you have a super PAC, it has to be like large amounts of money being donated at the same time. So, um, logistically at this time, the stats wouldn't support the, mm-hmm. a, a, a super PAC. Mm-hmm. And um, the way the funds are utilized with a super PAC is different than what most people understand. So um, I'm going to kind of try and verbalize what I, what I was told. And what I think I was told was that the funds are utilized differently. Um, they can't go to specific um, legislators. They can't go for specific purposes. They're basically pooled funds for, mm-hmm. um, for a group. And then they're decided, the group will decide how they're utilized. So, um, you could be donating all this money and it might not be for the specific purpose that you want it for. Um, but I think it also speaks to why some professions, you know, I don't know where I stand on the mandatory membership thing, but there's some professions out there like um, the chiropractic association, which requires membership for licensure. And, you know, if you look at their PT pack dollars compared to ours, it's, you know, you can't even compare the two. So um I think, I mean, that's just from what I know is the reasons why um, they can't, why non-members can't, and then the reason why the super PAC hasn't been implemented. Got it. Well, thank you very much for clearing that up. And hopefully that clears that up for a lot of people. And yeah, I don't, you know, I was talking to a friend of mine last night who's a lawyer and they have to be part of the bar association, but their dues are like $200 a year you know? So the question becomes, if it's mandatory, does that then make the membership price lower? I don't know. One would think it would. Um, so if it were, if it were mandatory and everyone had to pay 150 bucks a year, would people want to do that? Or would they feel like it takes away their choice or their ability to, uh, think freely? I I don't know. I don't know, but uh, you know, I, I don't, I don't see that as ever being an option anyway. I don't see the APTA as being, um, mandatory, something that's going to be happening anytime soon or if ever. Um, but, uh, I think I, I just wish there was a way around that whole PT pack thing, because that would really make life a lot easier. So thank you, TJ, for kind of um, spelling that out for us. And hopefully that clears up a lot of misconceptions around the PT political action committee and how you can donate and why only members can donate. Um, That is something that I really did not know. So thank you so much for bringing that up. Um, So, you know, we've got cost, we've got Uh, People don't see the value in it. Um, You know, yes, you can get, you know, I was talking, even talking to my parents about this after the talk and said, you know, with any professional organization, professional organizations are there for educational purposes and for networking. Now, of course, with social media and different types of networking sites, um, yes, you can network anywhere at this point in time. Um, or you can learn a lot from blogs, no doubt. But when you're a PT, you need a certain number of continuing education units to keep your license. 
So you don't get CEUs from reading blogs. You may learn a lot, but you don't get CEUs from it. And through the APTA, you know, you can get free CEUs. So you can get nine CEUs for free, which is a big expense. You know, you may have to pay hundreds of dollars for that. Um, and I know you can do all this networking and everything online via social media and things like that. But I feel like you really solidify those networking bonds at events. So at APT run events like CSM and like the next conference and, and maybe in-person CEUs that are being run through the APTA or even through webinars, you can at least see people face to face because it's one thing to be, to know someone in the virtual world, but it is far different to know someone and to meet that person and in, to meet them in real life. Um, and so I think, for me, they have been big benefits of being a member of the APTA. Um, and anyone else have any other thoughts as to, is everyone here a member, by the way, that's on this call? You can even type it in. So member, member, so you guys are all members? Okay, so what do you then feel is, oh, okay, all right, everybody's a member. So let's go down the line then. I'm gonna force y'all to say something. So I want you, so Scott, we're gonna start with you. I'm putting you on the spot. So what do you feel has been a big plus for you being a member? And also just say your name and where you're from. So my name is Scott McAfee. I am a second year at the University of Southern California. Uh, I also have the pleasure of serving on the APTA Student Assembly Board of Directors with. Uh, Rook and Fred. Uh, and I think for me, you know, the, the value of being a member comes from what you find. I know Brooke's been on your podcast and said um, something that resonates with a lot of people and what people need to realize is how you need to go about uh, finding the value of the APTA yourself. Uh, there's so many things that are offered out there, but you need to find something that you're passionate about and that you can really excel at. And if you find that and really engage in that, that's really what creates the value for you personally, because everybody's different. Um, I think for me, it's definitely been networking. Um, I think that uh, the people that I've met through the APTA are going to be lifelong connections. And as a student, it's so awesome to be able to do that, uh, to be able to get my name out there, to be able to meet so many different people and mentors that can kind of progress my career at this early level and you know being a second year there's so many things that I can learn uh, and by meeting these different individuals I think that it really makes a huge impact on me and my ability to really get a uh, really dynamic scope on the profession itself see what people are doing out there um, in the real world outside of the classroom and uh, it's it's been very awesome I know that I'm gonna keep these uh, Keep these connections for a very very long time like perfect example where uh brooke and tj they were the first people that i met at the national student conclave but i had been interacting with them on twitter for months before that so it's it's been very awesome sorry i was like am i on mute i am um and and you know i think that's certainly something of value and it may not be a value that's so readily that everyone can see right off the bat, but that is a big value, you know, and because you never know down the road who you're going to meet and how they can help you in your career. I mean, I've been referred patients to me from people in Kentucky and in California because I met them through the APTA. So it, the, it can eventually come back and impact your bottom line in a very positive way. So I think that's something to think about as well. Okay, so Fred, you're up. So, you know, you're also a member. So go ahead and kind of let us know what part of the membership do you value the most? Okay, sorry if it's really, really loud in here. Okay. Is it any better at all? Nothing at all. Okay. Uh, briefly, so that I can not have you all hear the music in the coffee shop, that's I okay. would say the best thing for is um, being part of an organization that's very proactive for the therapists. So something that I wasn't necessarily aware of prior to um, being in my position, which I did a poor job. My name is Fred Gilbert. 
I'm a third year DPT student at UAB, University of Alabama at Birmingham. Okay. Um, and I'm also currently the student assembly president. So, okay. Um, and so proactive in the sense of, um, I don't know if a lot of students or professionals are aware of the APTA's stance on like, uh, an alternative payment system. So looking at being proactive and making suggestions to um, Medicare about how they should proceed in the future, or how we should have a payment system in the future um, that would not only benefit the system as a whole, but would specifically benefit therapists. Um, and that's not the only case of, of proactive actions by the association, but I think obviously networking, obviously continuing ed, conferences, all that is great, but being part of an organization that cares to be proactive has been very nice for me um, and something that I can see myself benefiting from for a number of years. Thank you. I was muting myself. That's great. Thank you. And it wasn't that loud in the background. We could still hear you. So that was good. Um, but thank you. I think that's great. I, so I think these are all, you know, good values and good incentives. But like I said, maybe they're not so readily, so readily seen, so easily seen, but very, very good. And um, lastly, we'll go to Cinema, who is on Twitter and I don't know, are you on Facebook as well? Um, as cinema, cinema air. So go ahead and kind of, why don't you give us your take, because everyone here is a member, give us your take as to what, what do you feel is, is valuable to you as an APTA member? Can you hear me? Yeah, fine. Fantastic. Um, so actually, my, my favorite part about it is something that's obvious and shows up in the mail when you are a member, which is uh, the PT Journal and the, uh, the magazine that comes along with it. Every member gets their choice of journal and like the, the uh, magazine that comes along. Um, just reading through it and keeping up with some of the literature I think is an important part of being a physical therapist and getting the monthly delivery is a fantastic way of, if not keeping up with monthly or even uh, biannual, at least you get an update of knowing what's out there and what people are thinking about and what they're talking about. The magazine that comes along with it is a nice way to, to get a, a view into the non-academic side. So business-wise, big themes, overarching ideas that are going through the profession. Um, and I think it's, it's a nice way to keep up to date and it's a simple way to keep up to date. All you have to do is take 15 minutes a day or 30 minutes a week and just sift through portions of it and you will be in a you you will have enough um knowledge to have a conversation with a member or a non-member about what's out there and when you have such a conversation with a non-member they usually wonder where you hear about it and then you can always say oh i just saw it in the pt journal or i saw it in the impact magazine or whatever and you can hand it to them and if they find value in it, then they could think about potentially joining uh, the APTA. Whether they do or not at that point doesn't matter because cumulatively, it will have an impact down the road. Um, so to me, it's just the simple mail delivery that actually gives me the biggest impact. And I have yet to, uh, no, that's not, that's not true. I have been to a CSM meeting, but it's been a while. So I'll confess, I haven't taken advantage of the uh, networking options off Twitter, um, but that is definitely something that I, um, I will and I should partake in. Um, but as of right now, it's just the, the daily mailings that has a huge value for me. Yeah, and you know, I'm glad that you mentioned that because I like for, totally forgot all about that is it's great to get physical therapy, the journal physical therapy. I'm part of the orthopedic section, so I get JOSPT every month. Um, I'm part of the private practice section, so I get the Impact Magazine every month. Is that what it's called? Impact Magazine? I think so. Ooh, I hope, I hope, I hope that's right. I think that's it is. right. It is, okay. it is. Okay. Whew. Whew. I was like, I know I have that because I have them all like on a shelf, clearly marked. Obviously, I have to look at it again. Um, but the value of those magazines is great because, you know, you see oftentimes, um, and I see it a lot in the doctor of physical therapy group on Facebook you know, hey, does anyone have a link to this XYZ article? Or, you know, I get a lot from, I just went through and got my DPT. I graduated in um, December of 2014. And a lot of the people that I was with were not part of the APTA. 
And a lot of our assignments, it really helped being an APTA member because you know you can go on and you can get journal articles through the APTA if you're an APTA member. So, you know, these things I think are really important and that's valuable, you know, because you, if we're going to be an evidence-based uh, profession, then it's good to be able to get your hands on the evidence. And having those journals uh, at your fingertips, either uh, physically at your fingertips or through the um, APTA website to be able to look up for certain articles that you need is really important. So thanks so much for mentioning that. I totally forgot about that. And that's definitely something of value to being a member. Um, so I think we're gonna, we're just about wrap, gonna wrap things up here. Um, but do, do you guys have anything else that you'd like to share that maybe we didn't cover yet or that I didn't bring up? Um, if, if you do, please, uh, you can by all means unmute yourself and, um, here I'll do a little unmute for a moment. So I unmuted you all. Um, so let me know, does anyone have anything that maybe I missed or that you, something that you'd like to cover before we end the call? Um, I don't think it's something that we missed, um, but I think, I think you were right by saying in the beginning that, um, you know, of course we need to reach out to people that, that disagree with all of us because we are members. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, I would love to have that conversation with somebody who has, you know, a differing opinion and you know we do on twitter frequently mm -hmm. uh, it would be nice to um you know sometime in the future to have you know a kind of a, a 50 50 group and really kind of chat about it because maybe you know I, I just recently i sent a quick text to my class and just said you know what would make you keep your membership and um the biggest thing was lower dues after graduation i was like well perfect that's perfect because that, there's something like that exists so mm -hmm. i think the biggest thing is you know just not being totally aware and maybe if we can you know get 50% of those people here on the call with us and we can make them aware then they'll make the other 50% aware and um, I think it just needs to be a conversation and um, I think it needs to be uh, it just it needs to be a constant conversation because I feel like there you know people will say that I just didn't know and I think like you said earlier on before before we started recording is how in this day and age can you not know something um, everything is online um, um, it's just a matter of taking the initiative to go and look for it. So if, you know, and every time I go on the APT website and I'm looking for something specific, I can either find it or I can email someone to help me find it. So um, there's usually the answers are there. Um, but yeah, I think that we need to hear from those other people. Yeah, I, I agree. And, and you know, that kind of takes me to the APTA website, which um, I, you know, I'm obviously an APTA member. I wish that website was a little bit easier to navigate um, it's, it's a little cluttered to say the least when you go onto that main page and there's so much text and so much going on. Um, you know, maybe the APTA could simplify that a little bit. If you go onto the APTA website and it just has a big tab that says members, a big tab that says students, a big tab that says non-members, and then here's all the information. So you click on to kind of where you want to go right away. And then here's sort of a very easy way. You know, you want to find journal articles here. You want to know about what's happening legislatively. That's here. You want to know about student dues. Well, that's very easy. I'm going to go and click on students. You know, you want to learn about dues when you're a member. It should be very clear, you know, even for non-members, even for, it should be non-members. Here are the dues. Here's the breakdown. Here's how it works. Here's how maybe we can help you. So I kind of wish the website was a little less cluttered, maybe a little more simplified and a, more graphics, easier to navigate. Because sometimes I like I'll, I don't know things and I'll go on. I'm like, where where is that even on the website? I think I asked TJ once, he's like, oh, you go to this tab, you click here, and then you'll see the drop-down bar, and then you click here, and then you see another bar, and then you click here, and it's right there, it's so easy. And you're like, well, yeah, it's kind of easy, but it could, I think it could be made easier. And maybe non-members would be more likely to join if they had an easier way to do it, if they had an easier way to search for information. So for my one gripe about the APTA would be their website. I feel like they can, stand to have a better website that's that's my opinion yeah go ahead 
No, I, I totally agree. I've actually just gotten in the habit of Googling APTA and then whatever topic I'm looking for, and that seems to work better than actually trying to navigate the site. Um, but I would say, I guess one comment that I would make on membership is how, you know, to non-members is how are you helping yourself and how are you helping your profession by not being a member? I mean, I, I get that, that the association is not perfect and that's just inherently going to happen in all associations everywhere, mm -hmm. but how are you helping be a facilitator of that change by not being a member of the organization? Um, I mean, we welcome all of your ideas and all of the, you know, the cons of, of things that we're doing and we can't change them if A, if we don't know about them and B, if we don't have someone passionate about it to make the change. Um, I mean, sometimes we get very, very set in our ways and I'm, you know, I'm speaking for more than just, um, you know, this. I mean, we, we all do. We get set in our ways and are afraid of change. So we need someone to say, you know, here's how we can make this work and I'm passionate go do it so um, so I don't know I like to ask that you know, how are you how are you making that change that you want by not being a member and then just turning your back on on your professional organization that does um, not perfectly but does work solely to, to enhance your profession so that, that would be all. yeah great thought Fred thank you so much for bringing that up um, anyone else does anyone have any things they would like to see the APTA improve upon so Mine is the website. Um, anyone else? Yes, yeah, I actually do have one. Um, yeah. As you might have heard, uh, Ben Fung and I, I think it's pronounced Fung. I yeah, remember. yeah, that's right. Yeah. Um, so him and I have been trying to uh, set up a DPT student sponsorship for the next CSM. Mm -hmm. um, and unfortunately, I, being a member, uh, I was hoping that the APT would provide me a means to sponsor uh, a DPT student for the next CSM. And unfortunately, that um, pathway isn't available. Um, I, went through the, I went through the sections of contact, uh, contacts and contacted about 80% of them. Mm -hmm. um, and guess how many people I heard back from? Three. One, and it oh. was an auto reply. <laughs> oh, all right. Um, so I, I didn't get to the bottom. Uh, I had a chance to talk with Sandy Hilton about it because uh -huh. she shares the, uh, or she's the contact person for the uh, women's uh, health. Topic. Yeah, right, right. Um, but unfortunately, like there was no feedback there. Mm. And then I got in touch with APTA tweets. And mm -hmm. after about a few DMs exchanged, again, it went to nothing. Um, so basically, I was left on my own to figure out, or not me, but me and Ben were left on our own to figure out a way to, to sponsor students. And that is something that we are actually trying to do as a third party now. Okay. We don't have the means of doing it through the APA. And I wish that was a, a little bit easier. And then, okay. And uh, Karen, I do agree with you about the website. There, yeah. Uh, APTA tweets sent, uh, sent something about like... Um, um, I, don't know, um, I think it was helping PT pack or something about legislation. And unfortunately, the link didn't make the option to add to it any easier. Mm. It was a bunch of text mm -hmm. and uh, you had to quick, click through two or three more links to get to the site they were actually talking about. Yeah. Made it a little tricky. So that's, that's what I have to say. Yeah. Yeah. And, and that's, that's, you know, my biggest gripe as well. So what, how you guys are... Explain to me what you and, and Ben are doing exactly. So you're, you're going to, are you going to sort of set up a website where you have a PT and a, is it a student that they could kind of pair up so that the PT sponsors the student for CSM? Is that the deal? The, the idea that we have rolling right now is basically we want to, um, uh, we want to sponsor a student for the next CSM. Okay. Um, and the, the, one of the complaints that uh, students gave was that it was expensive mm -hmm. and they couldn't afford the trip. So we're like, mm -hmm. fine, we'll pay your way. Mm -hmm. um, or at least pay for the, you know, to get you there. Mm -hmm. um, so uh, the, in order to make it a more productive, we decided to kind of make it a contest. Mm -hmm. And so it's a monthly contest where um, all, you, all a student has to do is to um, make a Vine video, which is what, six seconds long, something like that. And make it catchy, make it fun. It could be about, uh, it could be. Oh, I lost you. Oh man, he was just getting to the good part. And now he, we lost him. Oh, there we go, okay. Is he back? 
no. Ugh. Um, oh, there. Go ahead. I was like, you were just getting to the good part. So a student has to make a six-second Vine video. And then we'll never know. So there you go. It's uh, the information for it's on, no, I'm sorry, this is me. The information, yeah, TJ, go ahead. the information for it is on Facebook, on the DPT student Facebook page. Okay. Um, until he comes back, I just kind of want to say, I think that's, I think it's amazing what they're looking to do. Um, because the reason I, you know, the reason I got hooked in with ABTA was because of my first conference. So I think for them to, to be passionate about giving a student that experience mm -hmm. is absolutely incredible. Mm -hmm. And I think it will help open the eyes of some students to truly, you know, see some of that value that their membership brings them. Um, so, you know, I can't give them enough kudos for that because I think it's absolutely incredible. And um, just, I'm sorry, I keep talking, but again, the private practice section does something similar, not, you know, not to that extent, but they do sponsor, PPS member can sponsor a student mm -hmm. um, and give them, you know, the experience of being a member of PPS. And like, I think that, I agree with them that it's sometimes hard to go about doing things differently within the APTA, but I think uh -huh. there's, there are some platforms that are out there that they could mirror off of and work off of, but it's incredible that they're doing that. Okay, so if you're a student, you can go to the Doctor of Physical Therapy page on Facebook. Is that the one? Yes. Okay, and that's what it's called, right? Doctor of Physical Therapy? So if you go to that page, then you can find out more about how to do this. Because he was like, all you have to do is make a six-second Vine video. And then he dropped off the call. Hey, sorry, I'm back. Can you hear oh, me? Okay, yes. So Fantastic. they make a six you're like, you make a six-second Vine. And that was <laughs> So you, uh, the, the uh, hashtag that we're using to keep track of everything is uh, hashtag PT Strong. Okay. Um, and then there will be, once we get it rolling, there will be a monthly giveaway. And um, I'll be sponsoring a student. Ben will be sponsoring a student. We're looking for, we have I'll a couple other PTs. Karen is going to sponsor a student. And uh, we have a couple other PTs who are also interested. Um, and we're considering starting a funding page to kind of have money coming in to funnel in towards students on a monthly basis to get to CSM. Cool. I think it's a great idea. Great I, idea. Count me in. Fantastic. Good to have you on board. Anytime, anytime. All right. So, um, unfortunately, we are sort of winding things up here. So I want to thank everyone for coming onto the call. I really appreciate it. And um, hopefully, you know, next time we'll have more people on and, and maybe we'll be able to um, get some more viewpoints. You know, that's, that's my hope. I, I, I think that we kind of discuss a little bit about what people don't like and try to come up with some um, constructive ways to uh to fix some of those problems so um everyone have a great week stay healthy wealthy and smart thanks